This is the Balancing Act by Security Compass, your guide to going fast while staying safe in today's digital world. Today we are joined by David Wheeler, Director of Open Source Supply Chain Security at the Linux Foundation, to talk about securing open source software. We will start with a brief discussion on the 2020 FOSS Contributor Survey Report, co-authored by David. We will then delve deeper into some surprising insights from that report as it relates to the dynamic nature of fast-moving open source development. Finally, we will conclude with David's thoughts on where he thinks open source software security is headed. Hello, everybody, and welcome today to our podcast. Uh, we've got a special guest speaker, David Wheeler. David, welcome. Thank you very much. So, uh, David, some folks may not know a lot of what you do out there. Why don't you give us some idea, talk about some of the work that you do? Okay. Well, I guess I should probably start with uh, where I work. I work at the uh, Linux Foundation. Um, I officially started in April, but I've been working on open source software and security or the security of open source software for uh, decades. Uh, my official title is open source supply chain security uh, director. Uh, and that just means that my role is to try to improve the security of the open source software that we all depend on. The whole you know, society as a whole depends on this. We want to make it uh, even more secure. Wonderful. And that sounds great. And, and this whole area of open source and given the innovation and trying to inject security into it, it's a fascinating topic. So uh, let's just kind of dive right into this. David, you, you recently put out a survey. The survey was trying to understand uh, security and open source. Just give us some sort of background, the reason that you wanted to put out a survey like this. Okay, well, let me first give the title of what we're talking about. It's the report on the 2020 FOSS Contributor Survey. So as you said, we had a survey of contributors to uh, open source software. Um, we got over a thousand respondents. Uh, it, people could choose not to answer specific questions. So different questions wouldn't have necessarily the same number of people responding. Uh, but nevertheless, I think we got a very, very interesting uh, insight into the people that contribute to open source software, as I mentioned before, that the world depends on. Um, and we were particularly interested in um, security and sustainability because we want these programs to be secure and you know, we want them to be sustainable so that they will be uh, secure and continue to be. Um, and so that was kind of the reason to get a much better insight into the, the people, the motivations, uh, what they're doing, what they don't want to do um, to help us understand uh, security-related issues, sustainability-related issues. Yeah, that's wonderful. And for those who have not seen the survey, I do invite you, please do go download the survey, take a look at it. It's got some really amazing uh, and interesting tidbits of data in there. Uh, was there anything, David, when, when you were kind of looking at the data uh, that surprised you at all? Um, yeah, quite a uh, several things. And I think several things maybe didn't surprise me, but would surprise others too. So um, I think one that was a little surprising was uh, how low um, monetary motivations really were. Um, you know, we, we, we gave a long list of, you know, why do you do, why do you contribute to open source software? And, you know, out of 10, uh, you know, um, money was basically in the bottom three consistently. And that wasn't just for the uh, people who, who weren't being paid to develop for open source software, but even the ones who were being paid. Uh, money tended to be 
uh, a low motivating factor. And it, and this was even more confusing when you when we asked other questions like, hey, what could your projects use? And money was actually not that low on on that list. <laughs> so you know, what does this mean? And so we tried to figure out what that means. Um, I think in part what that means is you know, fundamentally something like three quarters of our respondents are already employed full time. And about half of the of the respondents are specifically paid to develop open source software. And so we think that not that, hey, people don't need food, they don't need places to live. I think that's the wrong message. It's that these people already have full-time jobs. Many of them are already paid to develop the open source software, you know, about half of them. And so they've got at least their basic needs met. And so it's a little money is a little more complicated topic uh, because of that. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's, I think that's one interesting um, result. And I think some people, I, some people will be surprised that the, you know, half of all the uh, contributors are being paid to develop open source software. I mean, there was a time when um, the vast majority were volunteer. I mean, certainly volunteers still play a vital role, but uh, a whole lot more is being paid for uh, as um, uh, a lot more developments paid for today. Uh, another interesting thing was how little interest there was increasing the amount of time for security. I mean, it's not that people think security is irrelevant, but uh, most, uh, most of these developers, they spend a small amount of time. They're not interested in increasing the amount of time they spend on security. And so what that suggests is instead of trying to radically increase the amount of time they spend on security, trying to help them both with automation and things like uh, doing audits on the side, providing them results so that um, they don't have to spend a lot more time. Um, I think another interesting, and I think a surprise in a sense, um, is the uh, is the um, employers, I guess, policies regarding open source software. Um, I mean, the good news is that you know a while ago. Uh, many, many employers really had no idea, had no clear policies involving open source software. The good news is now it's down to about 17, 17 and a half percent said that their employers have no clear policies or, or at least unclear policies. Um, I guess that's good in the sense that it's gone down a lot, but it's bad in the sense of it's all over now. I mean, this is not. This is not 2000. This is not 1980. It's all over now. And the fact that so many employers are still so far behind is, I guess, of some concern. But you know, the trend is going down in terms of having no idea what to do about it. So um, it's positive, but awful slow. Hmm. Interesting. And and I know that there's a lot of work that is being done in this. There's stuff being done by cloud native. So CNCF, there's stuff with OpenSSF there. Can you help us understand, David, uh, what are the initiatives that are behind this now? And where, you know, if you kind of project out, where are we headed with all of this as it relates to open source and security? Okay. Um, let me try to take those one at a time. So first of all, um, uh, the, I, I work with the Linux Foundation. You know, the number of open source projects that are out there is uh, quite staggering. Um, I don't have the number in front of me, but I know I did a count a couple of years ago and we counted over 2 million active projects and I'm sure the number has gone up since. Mm -hmm. uh, the Linux Foundation, of course, is a huge number of projects. Um, 
you know, the found, Linux Foundation then creates other foundations like the CNCF, and those foundations then create a huge number of projects uh, that you know solve the many different problems that are out in society. Um, and so we, you know, there's a huge number of these different things. As far as security goes, historically the Linux Foundation created the Core Infrastructure Initiative uh, about five years ago, but um, more recently, that's been that and some other organizations have been folded into a new organization that just was announced uh, just a few months ago, uh, called the Open Source Security Foundation, the Open SSF. Uh, I don't know if anybody can see the screen, but they even have a little goose as their mascot. They've got a little plushie out, uh, but they're they're just starting out, um, and uh, they've already. Uh, released a uh, free course on uh, secure software development, development fundamentals. Um, one of the uh, key projects from CII called the CII Best Practices Badge uh, has now been moved into the OpenSSF. If you're involved in open source software or you're looking at bringing in some open source software, I urge you to check out the badging of the CII Best Practices Badge. It's it's very simple. It's a you know here list of, of best practices that you should be doing for security. And you know, if you meet enough of those criteria, um, then congratulations, you get a, a badge. There's a passing silver and gold level. And even getting a passing badge is a significant achievement and uh, shows that the project is doing a lot of the steps that they need to be taking to uh, enable security. So, uh, so, if you're, um, um, you know, so if you're interested in that, opensf.org. Uh, so that's some of the organizations, and I'm actually involved in some others, LF Energy and LF Public Health, for example, obviously uh, have some specific security needs. As far as where things are going, um, <clears throat> big topic, you know, I, I, my crystal ball is a little fuzzy, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, let, let, let's talk about this because I think that's important to think through. Um, I think there are a lot of trends that are already pretty evident. Uh, there's no one organization that's going to just suddenly make the open source software more secure. What we're going to see really is different open source projects that where people depend on and care about are going to, in fact, are already working in many ways to improve the security of the software because it's under attack, just mm -hmm. like the proprietary software is under attack. Um, I think you'll see a number of foundations increasingly working on this. So for example, uh, the LF uh, Public Health, uh, there's uh, some um, uh, exposure notification apps that are under it. They just, you know, the, um, they just went through a, a security audit. Uh, they found some problems, and were, they were super serious, but you know, they found some problems. They were immediately fixed. So long before the attackers got a chance to attack them, they've already been fixed. Uh, there were some issues where they noted, you know, you have to deploy it a certain way. You know, basically you have to implement certain controls. Um, and so make sure you, you know, record that so that other governments that use it uh, will make sure that they uh, know some of the things they need to be doing. Um, so I, th I think that we're, what we're going to be seeing is a lot of individual foundations, individual projects working to improve security. Um, organizations like the OpenSSF are trying to look for those cross-cutting things that hit lots of projects, things like how do you report vulnerabilities in general? Uh, what are the criteria for creating um, secure open source software in general? What are the best practices? Um, and so, you know, I think I, I see the OpenSSF uh, working uh, hard on that uh, now that we, you know, and a whole bunch of, of uh, companies that 
people well know uh, are all involved in that and you know love to have more uh, so I, I think at least that's going to be part of it. Um, unfortunately, as you know, as we know, you know, attackers are uh, increasingly emboldened, and uh, we're going to have to uh, continue to step up the game uh, to counter the many pretty serious attacks that are out there. Mm, wonderful, that's great, uh, David. Thank you so much for the work that you're doing to help to promote software security and open source for the efforts that you're putting out there. Uh, folks, you've heard there are many different ways to get involved. Please don't hesitate. Reach out. I'm sure David would be thrilled to have uh, more companies involved with this. Uh, David, any final thoughts before we sign off here? Absolutely. So I, I, I'm just going to do a quick recap on some of these things because I think that's uh, that's useful. Um, if you are interested in improving the security of open source software in general, uh, go to OpenSSF.org. Um, you know, it's a, it's a Linux Foundation foundation. Um, um, people are, are, you know, organizations, P individuals would love to see you. If you want to say, you know, hey, I would really like to see them do something. Well, please get involved. That's how that works. Uh, the people who are members and involved in it get to decide what, what it's going to work on. Um, if you're involved in an open source project, um, please, please go to uh, bestpractices.coreinfrastructure.org and you know start working on getting a badge. Um, a few projects uh, find out, in fact, they're doing all the things because, in fact, they're based on what projects typically already do. But many, many projects find there's something that they're missing that they should be doing, they hadn't thought about, they fix that, and things are better. Uh, so that would be something else to uh, particularly look at. Um, and so I think I'll, I'll close with those. And, and actually, one more. Uh, if you develop software of any kind, proprietary or open source, please learn how to develop secure uh, software. Um, many, many of our universities don't teach it. Not everybody who developed software went to university anyway. Uh, I really, you know, we released, recently released an edX course, uh, Secure Software Development Fundamentals. Costs nothing to, do, to take. Uh, or take some other class, but please learn. It's important. Thank you. Wonderful. David, thank you very much. Appreciate your time today. Want to learn how Security Compass can help your organization manage cybersecurity risk without slowing down your business? Check out securitycompass.com demo to schedule your live demo today. Can't get enough of the balancing act? Make sure to check out our website at www.securitycompass.com and be sure to subscribe to our channel for more episodes. <laughs> <laughs>